Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ready to write? Do you want to learn what it takes to create a writing career? Then tune in and take notes because on Simply Write, we talk about the writer's craft and the qualities and quirks of living a writer's life. Let's go! Hello and welcome to Simply Write. This is the podcast where we talk about the craft and quirks of creating a writing career and living the writer's life. And I'm Polly. I've been doing that for about 26 years now. And you know, in this show, we've covered a lot of territory already in the first couple of months we've been rolling. We've talked about ideas and structure, focus and form, right, in previous episodes. And today for our craft talk, we're going all in to talk about beginnings, some ways to open your story, no matter what form you're working in, novel or nonfiction, short story, flash fiction, content marketing writing, whatever it is, we are storytellers. And there are ways to begin those stories that are going to hook the reader and keep them reading, which is what we're in it for, right? We want to move the reader. We want to activate the reader to think about things in a new way, to change the world, to have fun and be entertained, right? And to do that, uh, we have to be good storytellers. And how we open that story is really important to consider in our work. But today for our beginning of Simply Write, we're going to start the way we always do and talk about the dailies. So what am I working on today? I am revising a chapter of a project I'm working on. And actually, I'm super excited about that. I I love the initial revisions. When you've first drafted something or even the second draft, you get to go back and start working with what you have. Now, 50 revisions down when I've read the book, you know, 50 or 60 times or those passages, they can get a little tiresome, just mental fatigue. But at this stage, when it's early on in the project and I get to revise, I love that because for me, that's when the work really comes alive. And uh, I already have something on the page. So even if I delete it all and rewrite the whole thing, I feel like I'm not starting from empty. And that's a great, I'm also doing a little research today on a custom publication, custom pub client that I want to work with. I'm checking out their mission, their needs to see if my skills and uh, my purpose, my mission is a good match before I approach them. I think that's uh, good to do whenever you're working with any new client or or going to propose to a new client. Um, And I see it like a proposal, like take me, right? Uh, But I want to know who the people are behind the work 
because that matters to me. I, I don't want to work with schmucks. I don't want to work with people who are doing work in opposition of my values. I've, I've uh, in the early days, I did that sometimes for the money, which is fine. Sometimes you need to do that, but it didn't work well for me. So uh, I don't do that anymore. And I'm, I'm grateful to be in that position. But in any event, I'm going to research the client before I hit them up. And then I'm following up on a letter of introduction, an LOI that I sent to another client. So you can see that half of my work today is about developing more business. And then I'll get a couple of hours of, of writing in, probably around 10 o'clock. I do the correspondent, um, the the podcast interviews, those kind of things, usually first thing in the morning um, when people are just getting into the office. And then I, I do try to write every day. But, you know, re- maintaining the business requires businessing. So some days are not as heavy of writing days as others. Uh, I always begin with morning pages, which I've talked about before. I have a notebook I write by hand and I just lop out three pages stream of consciousness in my notebook just get the words out so I feel like I'm writing and I'm connecting to that part of my brain the hand to brain thing Um, then I'll come into the office and I'll work on whatever's on my agenda for the, the, the day it always involves a little bit of writing on my nonfiction or fiction projects, but uh, it also involves, like I said, the businessing of the writing business. So I keep having new assignments coming in and circulating so I can pay the bills that allow me to do the other part of the writing. Now, my schedule does change a little bit depending on the deadlines, the things I have coming due, depending on my family needs, if I need to be uh, at my daughter's school for some reason, or if I have a medical appointment or whatever, like any job, right? Writing is no different than that. But I really do try to schedule my day also, like any job. I'm not meeting friends for coffee in the middle of the day, in other words, I'm I'm working. and I keep that pretty clear, those boundaries pretty clear until about two or three in the afternoon. Often I go later, but uh, I will allow myself to, to knock off about two or three um, to meet a friend or to do something different. It's That's hard writing time for me. By two or three in the afternoon, my mind is pretty spacey, even more spacey than it usually is. So uh, that's a good time to knock off or do something that doesn't require as much brain power. And those are the dailies. All right, let's get to the beginnings of beginnings, right? Every story needs to have them, whether you're writing content marketing materials, even if you're writing a press release or ad copy. I I want to convey some emotion. I want to hit the reader in a certain way so that they take action or think about my story or get hooked in on the characters, whatever it is. How you write in a couple words or a couple paragraphs can really be the difference in in elevating your story and getting people into it. Beginnings are a way to establish your tone, your point of view, the setting, introduce characters. They have to do a lot, but most importantly, they are part of the hook, right? So when I'm writing a nonfiction piece, and it may be heavy in facts or science or psychology. That's a lot of the stuff I write about. I'm not going to necessarily jump in with a statistic or a serious scholarly, you know, academic style beginning. Because most of the magazine stuff I write is for consumer publications. And the readers there are not scientists. They might not be attracted to the science. But 
they probably will be attracted to how this information I'm going to relay in the article affects them in their life. So in my nonfiction pieces, I might get right to that, the practical nature of this, what it means to you, what it's like for me when I'm waking up in the morning dealing with this problem. A lot of my columns on polycampbell.substack.com or the column for this show simply write.substack.com. You can see how I make this work here. We'll come in with a personal story, a beginning about how this affected me. And if it, if it affects me, it may affect you too. It might be something that you have a problem with too. And this article is going to propose the solution. So that's by way of hook. In a, in a thriller novel or, uh, you know, other kind of fictional um, story, you might want to introduce a character or you might set the scene. Are we in an old haunted house? Are we in urban life? And just reading the stuff you're reading, I hope you're reading a lot to sell your work. You need to read a lot of work also. Pay attention today to how writers open their stories, nonfiction and otherwise. When you see a commercial on TV, Listen to the opening of that commercial and how they convey a whole mood in just a few seconds. That can be useful too. So the beginnings have to do a lot. And I interviewed Jacqueline Machard, the, the great novelist, best-selling novelist, and first pick for Oprah's book club decades ago and all that jazz. She was the guest on our first show of Simply Right, which was a huge honor. And she focuses a lot on her beginnings. Like she gives more attention to that than most other parts of her book. It's that important. So just because it's essential to the book that we get this right, the starting point, doesn't mean you have to start there. I know a lot of writers who write the beginning, you know, halfway through the book. They'll start with a scene or they'll go straight to the ending or whatever whatever story aspect of the story they're going to tell. And then they'll come back and write the beginning. I, I do it first. Um, and then I do it again and again and again. And since my days in newspaper, my stories, no matter what I'm writing, always start at the beginning. I need to root myself in the starting of the story. And, and that was, that's from years ago in my early days in newspaper. In newspaper, they call the beginning, the lead, L-E-D-E. -E. Uh, most people still do that. It's an old typesetting trick. So is the legend. I've, I've read different things about that, but in any event, newspaper business, they, they mean the lead, L-E-A-D, the opening of the article, but they spell it the L-E-D-E, -E, lead. And from the beginning days, I, I didn't have a handle on the article unless I knew the opening. The tone I was going to take in the opening really determined how the article would write. Now, a lot of times, every time that I'm thinking of now, I'd go back and revise that, that opening over and over and over. So often I'd put the lead in, the, the tone that I wanted to strike with the article, and then I'd go on and write the rest of the piece and then come back and revise the beginning again. So it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, it shouldn't be perfect because the way you think about the language and the tone and the point of view is going to fluctuate as the story goes on a little bit. And you can come back over and over and make it better, and you should. So I'm not going for perfection on the first hit. I want an opening that gets me close to the feeling I want to convey in the overall piece, the information I want to share, the theme, the point of view, the characters, the setting, 
right? And then I will come back and revise it and revise it and revise it. Sometimes, dozens, scores of times, uh, the lead in my, the opening in my latest book, in longer pieces, I call it opening, newspaper, I'll call it a lead, magazine, I go back and forth, but most people call them openings. Uh, it could be beginning. Um, and you recharge my latest book. I knew how I wanted to start. I wanted to start with an anecdote, a story. I wanted to place the reader in the situation that I was in that brought the book out of me, the, the place that I was in that led to the book. Um, but I needed to find the right story to convey that, the right emotion. I needed it to be at the beginning of the process for me so the book would follow, the readers could follow along in my progress in the book so that they might see their own progress as well. Uh, and I really, really wanted it to be, have some emotion to set the mood because I wanted to feel, the book is called You Recharged, and I wanted to people to understand how depleted I was feeling because I thought that would resonate with others as well. When, when I was going through all the stuff that led to the book, I was exhausted and I wanted to convey that with my words and, and this anecdote I chose. So all those things were a factor. So I put in a, a placeholder opening. I, I wrote an opening that I thought would give me a start on those things. And even when I wrote it, I knew it was just foundational and I would come back. I, I probably revised that opening um, for the book alone probably 30 times. And then you have chapter openings in that book and, and other things. In a newspaper article, magazine article, you may have a sentence. You may have uh, a two-paragraph opening. In an ad or press release, you probably have a sentence, right? You need to convey a lot in that sentence. So there are lots of ways to do this. I'm not going to cover them all today. I'm going to cover the ones that I seem used most frequently and the ones that I use most frequently. Now, you might come up with a whole other approach. You know, writing is a creative endeavor. Maybe you're going to discover a technique or structure that we haven't thought about yet. And that's fine as long as it works. But if you have great language in the opening, but nobody wants to go beyond that first page or beyond that first sentence, you're not doing the job. The opening is designed to attract, inspire, entertain, excite, educate, and pull people through the story. The hook is quite literally, you know, imagine it figuratively coming up and hooking the reader and pulling them through with you. And the opening is a way to do that. All right. So let's talk about some techniques for starting your story. Okay. Anecdote. I like this approach. I use this approach a lot. I think it works really well in shorter nonfiction pieces, and I mean like 1,500 words or under, but, but the New Yorker does a great job of uh, using the story within a story approach. And when we talk about endings in, in the next couple of weeks, you'll see this work there too, because often a writer will open the story with a story and leave it unresolved and pull it back in at the end, resolve it at the end. So we kind of keep that in our mind's eye and follow along the threads that led to the resolution, whatever it is. And anecdote uh, is a great way to begin, you know, a, a nonfiction chapter. It's a great way to begin an article or an essay. Um, I used it and you recharge. 
But in those anecdotes, I resolved them at the beginning too. I put you in the scene with my story. I use the anecdote to establish myself as a character and I create the emotion through the anecdote because of the story I chose to tell. Um, in, in an anecdote, you can also get in some scene setting stuff, uh, a sense of point of view, first person or you know, third person, however, whoever the narrator is going to be, however you're going to come at the story, because it, it, it can be demonstrated through the words you choose, the story you tell, who's telling that opening anecdote. All those things can begin to be established with an anecdotal opening. All right. So that's something to think about. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back to Simply Write on the Electrocast Network, we're going to talk about some other ways to open your novel, your essay, your article. We're going to get into scene setting. We'll be right back right here on Simply Write. And we're back. This is Polly, and you're listening to Simply Write, the podcast where we talk about the writing craft and the quirks of creating a writing career and living the writer's life. And today we're talking about openings, beginnings, leads, whatever you want to call them, how we enter the story. And there's a lot of different techniques to think about and a lot of different approaches to try. The one thing they all have in common is they need to hook the reader, right? So Play with them. Try different strategies and styles and tones and character and all of that. We're talking about some ways to do it today, but but play with them and revise, revise, revise. Getting the opening right, you might start with one in place and revise it 50 times by the end of the book or even more. And that's worth doing because you want it to be just right to set the tone and hook the readers for the book ahead. So another way of doing that, you could open a story with scene setting, a, a scene. I wrote a story years ago, a profile piece about an elderly inventor. And I went out to his house early in the morning because he always got up and he did the work early in the morning. And I went out there and he was eating, he was putting together his bowl of oatmeal, and then he was going to start eating it. And that article opened with uh, a scene with him in the kitchen preparing his oatmeal. And one thing that was interesting about that, one thing, the, the sun was coming through, so I wrote about that. He was at this uh, little Formica table. You know, the kitchen was very 1950s era pale yellow and, and these colors and it was a, a hot summer day and so the, the blinds were open the windows were open and, and you know this guy was in his 90s at the time so he's sitting at the table and he has his bowl of oatmeal in front of him see I'm setting the scene right here for you I did that same thing in the store and then I showed him sitting there at the table preparing his bowl of oatmeal he would scrape these little grains of sugar into his oatmeal until he had 15 or 20 and he would count them. He had this really thicker, you know, it wasn't granulated, it wasn't fine sugar, but he, he was individually picked these grains of sugar to put in his oatmeal. 
And that's pretty much how he lived his life. He was extremely deliberate and methodical and precise about everything. It, it made for some really interesting experiences and some great inventions. Didn't make for such great relationships. And so I used that scene of his preparing his oatmeal to demonstrate who he was and to hopefully set the scene for what was to come, how he was this precise in all his life. So that's another way to do it. When you're setting the scene, you're going to go environmental. You're going to maybe talk about the weather. You're going to talk about the kitchen or you're going to talk about, I'm writing a story right now where, where the scene is, is at the coast in a winter storm and this tree is lurching and ripping around the yard. That's the scene, the story opens it. You can state a fact or theme up front in the beginning. That's another way of opening. This works well in an essay, a nonfiction article. If you're writing about a new piece of science or research, I, I write a lot about research and I am likely to go in and say, a new study says one in five people hate brushing their teeth or whatever it is, right? That's not, that's not real evidence, although it's probably more like five out of five people get tired of brushing their teeth. Depending on the publication I'm writing for, they might prefer an article to open that way with the science up front and then the story about the study, the experiment that revealed that information, how this impacts people and so forth. So that would be an example of, you know, a theme statement. I'm going to this is what the story is about, and then the rest of the story will support this statement. Um, this shouldn't sound like your English teacher's thesis statement, though. It, it still needs to be compelling. So you're not just going to put some blasé piece of research or information. I would never write, this is a story about how my daughter and I had a fight on Tuesday night, right? I, that would not be what I'm talking about when I say a theme statement. But I might say it's hard raising teenagers. In fact, most teenagers say their parents don't get it. That could be a theme statement. It tells you what's to come. This is going to be an article about the relationship between teens and parents and how the teens feel like the parents don't get it, right? So you know from the get-go how it's going to be. But you still want to make it create your opening in a way that's going to hook the reader. No matter what form you use, it's got to come back to that. When you are working, particularly on a nonfiction or even essay piece, and you know clearly what the theme is, then you can use it to delicately open the story. Be careful. You don't want to be too heavy-handed. You don't want to give them all the information at the beginning so the reader has no reason to move on. You can also open a story with a surprising fact, something unexpected that the reader didn't see coming that's going to compel them to keep reading to find out about it. Like an example would be Charles says he met Sasquatch 13 times. Or when I ran into Larry, I knew there were no good men left, right? You're, you're, kind of upfront stating the theme in a very subtle way, but then you're giving a surprising fact or detail or creating the inherent question. And when the question is asked, even you don't, you don't want to be heavy handed, hit people over the head with it, but having the inherent question is there, the reader is likely to keep reading because they want to find the answer. Why aren't there any good men left? What, what about Larry? <laughs> demonstrated that there aren't any good men left. And I don't know any Larrys, so this is not about anyone. Why, how in the world has Charles met Sasquatch 13 times? 
right? In Daisy Darker, uh, a great mystery thriller that I'm reading by Alice Feeney, her book starts with, I was born with a broken heart. Okay, who is I? And what are we talking about? Who was born with a broken heart? And why was there a broken heart? And why does this matter? I'm curious about who that narrator is. And that's an interesting way to start the piece. So now a lot of these openings, I'm sure you're putting this together in a relay. You can create a setting with the inherent question. You can start with a anecdotal story within a story and have the inherent question. And all those things, when done well, will pull the reader further into the story, which is all that you're trying to do here. In one story I wrote, I started it by describing, I was interviewing this, I was profiling the sculptor, and I started the story by describing these little tiny delicate cuts he was making in the medium he was sculpting and how he was working and all these fine little lines. And I, I set that scene in, in a sentence or two. So-and-so was carving the whiskers on the face and, you know, something like that. I can't recall it now. But the very next line, as he and he used a chainsaw to do it. So I was writing, setting the scene of this very delicate craftsman, sculptor, artist, who was making these very delicate shapes. And then I used the surprising fact, when detailed, that he was using a chainsaw. He was an eye sculptor, and he made these tiny, tiny pieces with a big old chainsaw. It was fascinating. So I thought that was a way to root the reader in the, the idea of this art, and it was a surprising fact that might keep them reading. Nobody much uses a chainsaw to do very delicate sculptures. So how would he do that? There's a question there. And I hope that was enough to keep the readers engaged. All right. So these are a few of the ways you can open your pieces. The important thing is to be deliberate in the approach you take for any story, any essay, any article, any piece of writing you do. Openings matter. And there are lots of ways to get into it. Start with it. Play with it. Change it up. Revise, revise, revise. Keep coming back to it until you find the approach and the words that set just the right tone for the piece you're working on. And it's time for today's assignment. You know what it's going to be. Take a story you're working on or something you want to start and bring it up and draft two different openings for it. Try some of the techniques we've been talking about here. Don't obsess, just play around with a couple of different forms and see how it changes the feel of your story, whether it works or doesn't work, how it hooks the reader. Practicing is how we get better and this is a, a way to get into that and work with different opening styles. All right, and before we wrap things up, one of my favorite segments because I get to talk about office supplies and I think uh, one, one of the major attractions to the job for me is I get to have all these pens and papers. You know I'm still a longhand kind of girl on some things. Today I am talking about my Lamy All-Star fountain pen. It's got a nice thick clip. It's easy to slip in my notebook. It's got a transparent window, a demonstrator window, so I can see my ink. And it is so smooth. That was a Christmas present, the color azure. But it's really silver. But very cool, very smooth writer. If you get a fountain pen, 
on a good piece of paper that can handle the ink. It's just an awesome writing experience. I like Pilot gel pens too, but uh, but these feel so smooth, like a gel pen. Um, and I love the shimmer of the ink and all that stuff. In any event, today, what's in the desk? One of my favorite tools right now is a Lamy All-Star fountain pen. All right, it's time for us to get to work today, I think. Get some writing in. And remember, writers, the author Colin McCann says, things in life have no real beginning, though our stories about them always do. Start with yours today. Join me next week right here on Simply Write. And remember, right now, sit down and simply write. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.